Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. If you are recently joined our uh, listeners, I want to welcome you. And also, I want to say I have a gift for you. So one of the main challenges that I see in my practice are women who are struggling with cultivating healthy sexual desire. They, they, at times they feel they're broken, they're defective. They think that they're not able to have and experience the desire they used to have. So I created this ebook, completely free. Gift, I'm gifting this to you. In the book, I'm going to talk about the actionable things that you can do to improve your sexual desire because you deserve to have a healthy sexual desire. And many times, if it's not hormonal, there are things you can do to address it and increase it if that's something you're interested in. So make sure you are downloading the ebook. Uh, it's a link in the show notes. If you are on our email list, you already received it. If you're not on the email list, make sure you're signing up because on a weekly basis, I'm sending tons of good new content and I hope it will be helpful for you. So today's episode, we're going to talk about sexual orientation OCD. So there is a difference between people who are in the process of coming out or in denial about their gender, uh, sexual orientation and their gender identity, and the people who are struggling with form of OCD, which shows up as sexual orientation OCD. In this episode, we're going to talk about what is sexual orientation OCD, what are some of the misconceptions about it, and how do you know if you're struggling with OC, uh, sexual orientation, OCD, versus being gay or un, in denial? So I'm so excited to invite Dr. Manisha Budurian Turner on our show. Dr. Budurian Turner is a psychologist. She Her practice name is Embracing You Therapy. She's a leading expert on OCD is passionate about helping you be in charge of your life, not OCD. In therapy, her goal is to break the cycle and help her clients regain their power and strength. Dr. Manisha is a licensed psychologist in private practice in Los Angeles. She has been treating OCD and OCD spectrum disorders since 2012. She completed the behavioral training offered by the International OCD Foundation's Training Institute. She utilizes CBT and exposure and response prevention, which are both evidence-based treatments for anxiety disorders. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Manisha. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited to have Dr. Manisha Badurian Turner on our show. Dr. Manisha, welcome to our show. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you on this show. You know, I when I was in graduate school, we talked about OCD, you learned about OCD, but it's not common for people to gain get experience and education on sexual orientation OCD. So I was very excited to hear that's one of those areas that you cover in your practice. So tell us what is sexual orientation OCD? Yes, and I think that's one of the conversations that's still missing in our culture 
culture, we know a little bit about OCD and we know what we see in the movies with hand washing or people wanting things to be symmetrical, but there is different subsets. So sexual orientation, OCD, specifically is about the person constantly questioning their sexuality. And obsessions around this question and doubt can look different. And I want to also explain that with OCD, obsessions can be thoughts, but they could also be intrusive images Mm -hmm. or intrusive sensations and feelings. So the most common sexual orientation obsession would be the person doubting that they might be from a different orientation, different sexual orientation that they formerly believed that they were. So typical one would be if a person identified as a heterosexual man will start having thoughts of what if I'm gay? But it happens other way around too. A a gay man may also have sexual orientation OCD where his brain says, well, how do you know? Maybe you're straight. So again, the thoughts are all about doubting and questioning. They may also have other thoughts that say, maybe they will act, maybe you will act on these thoughts. Maybe you already did act on them and you just don't remember. So it's not just about questioning their identity, but also questioning whether they already acted on it or will act on it. And then they may also start having intrusive thoughts in social situations that says, are you sending off signals that you are gay or the other people think you're straight? So it, again, makes them question their presentation in social situations. And the bottom of these obsessions are really about not knowing. So someone with sexual orientation with OCD will say, if I could just decide, if I could just know, I will be okay with the outcome, but my brain won't let me settle it. So their mind malfunctions, their brain malfunctions and won't let them decide. So it's not about the person having any fear of what their true identity is. It's about their brain not letting them settle it. And as a result of it, as you know, OCD has a vicious cycle. The person has obsessions, then they have anxiety and they do compulsions. So I wanted to explain when we talk about what sexual orientation OCD is, also explain maybe what are these compulsions that a person with specifically sexual orientation OCD would do. So one of those compulsions is avoidance. As you know, with OCD, it's very typical for people to avoid things that triggers their anxiety. So with sexual orientation OCD, they will avoid places um, like if, again, in this scenario, let's say this is a straight man that is having intrusive thoughts about being gay. So he may avoid areas of the town, uh, cities or clubs or restaurants that are popularly known for, you know, homosexual people, or they may avoid clothing items or saying words that may come across as the opposite uh, orientation that they formerly believe they were. So again, avoidance of places, things, they may even stop dating altogether because they are so unsure they don't want to mislead their partner. Another common compulsion is checking. And this is a very interesting one. As you know, they do a lot of mental checking. So they might, for example, watch something or read something with same sex and check their sexual excitement and sexual arousal to see, prove whether their thought is real or not. They may uh, mentally check their interactions. Like let's say they went to a meeting, they go to work and they were in a work meeting and they, they come home and they will check themselves how were they with their same-sex co-workers and colleagues. And they may obviously misjudge themselves 
and 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 start thinking well you smile at his joke a little too loudly he probably thinks you're gay and you like him so again the mental checking is all day done all day long and checking did i come across gay or did i come across straight if the person identifies as homosexual and then another common compulsion in this vicious cycle is reassurance seeking so they may ask their family members or friends you know have i you know have you always thought of me as a straight person you know and they may i actually have heard of a situation where a person asked their girlfriend so many times where their girlfriend then felt very overwhelmed by the ocd in general and they left the relationship they ended the relationship which then the person took it as another kind of a you know sign that yes underneath it my thoughts are real i i shared this in social media recently about how Google, Siri, Alexa are not your friends, they're friends of your OCD <laughs> because these search engines are so debilitating to OCD. The people people can search all sorts of information to again prove their thoughts wrong. So in this situation someone with sexual sexual orientation OCD may read articles about how the person comes out, came out, uh reading articles about you know sexual orientation and sexual identity development they may again look at articles and movies and images so it's in the sense of reassurance seeking so these are some of the compulsions that you will also see somebody struggling with sexual orientation ocd very fascinating i feel with ocd and this someone as you mentioned the, the struggling with the classic type of washing and kind of being obsessive about the orders of things it's many times it's undiagnosed so people they don't know that's the ocd because you're right that it can be intrusive thoughts or it could be Im- uh, sensations or images so it could be yeah. a range of different things that people usually have not connected with kind of this is a symptom of the ocd and i love that you talked about the compulsion many moons ago i used to work with this client and for years he was checking to see if he gets aroused with same sex pornography and like he he identifies heterosexual and it can be a very challenging task because our brain tells us the sexual relevant information is sexually relevant so you might experience some slight arousal so it would be hard and that can give in to the cycle oh absolutely i think you just nailed it one of the things that i think is so important for us to comment on is that as human beings we are wired to sexually respond to sexual things mm-hmm. right no matter what i identify as you put a sexual image in front of me mm-hmm. i am going to have a sexual reaction to it and we are very primitive in that mm-hmm. sense but when somebody struggles with sexual orientation ocd and again they, there's a brain mechanism there that's malfunctioning again ocd is a brain disorder mm-hmm. uh, then the person isn't satisfied with that information like again with my clients i offer a lot of psychoeducation and i try to explain them you know how our brain works but that information is not sufficient to them mm-hmm. that as beings we are going to sexually respond to sexual things and that quote unquote normal people do find their same sex attractive mm-hmm. you know i as a woman can find many celebrities mm-hmm. attractive and gorgeous and hot and know that i am you know it doesn't make me doubt my sexual orientation mm-hmm. but someone with this type of mental health issue will 
take those sexual arousals and sexual excitements and misinterpret them mm-hmm. and add meanings to it. Right. And it can be giving data to their kind of the uh, vicious cycle that you were mentioning. So I'm glad that you are also kind of seeing the same pattern that people might get aroused. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they are like they belong to the different sexual orientation. Their, their body just might respond to the sexual relevant information. So one thing that can be confusing, because for many people, the process of coming out can be very mm-hmm. confusing. I work with lots of clients coming from conservative background. And for a while, they tell me that they went, before they came out, they were in the process of denial and they, they struggle with it. So how can one distinguish between sexual orientation OCD and being kind of belonging to the maybe homosexual or heterosexual and being in denial? Oh, that's, that is so relevant because OCD uses that denial against the person. So someone with sexual orientation OCD will have thoughts that says, well, if I think it's OCD, then maybe I'm just lying to myself and I'm in denial. Like your OCD is so, I always tell my clients, like your OCD is very manipulative and creative and it will use any information to make you keep doubting yourself. So it will use that whole denial piece against the person and even families can do that. If families don't understand sexual orientation OCD, and I hope this podcast is very, you know, hopefully eye-opening for people because if they don't know it, they may accidentally say to the person, well, maybe you are in denial. You just need to come out. Well, no, it's not, it's not it. Or a therapist who doesn't specialize in OCD mm-hmm. may misunderstand this symptom as maybe this person is in denial. You know, they, maybe they just need to come out. Maybe I should just tell them to, you know, accept their, you know, orientation. But again, this is not about a sexual orientation-ish crisis. It is not a sexual identity crisis. It's an OCD crisis. So one of the ways I think I would ask people to think of it is like, what is denial, mm-hmm. right? Denial is a person engaging in behaviors that is opposite of their values and not acknowledging those behaviors. I know you have worked with people with substance use disorder, substance use issues. That's a very easy example I can share when a person abuses alcohol and they are having blackout, you know, like weekends, they don't remember spending tons of money, their work performance is declining, their family and friends are confronting them or their relationships are being impaired, but they're still in denial because they won't acknowledge the behaviors they're doing. So in the sexual orientation context, denial would be the person engaging in these, whether they are, you know, gay encounters or straight encounters, and not acknowledging them. Mind you, we can be in one orientation and still enjoy experiencing out of our you know, zone. Uh, there's obviously that you know, being fluid, but here the person is not acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. So, and I think another key factor that separates sexual orientation OCD from a person who may not come to accept their orientation is people with sexual orientation OCD is constantly questioning this topic. Like they are constantly talking about it. They are not quote unquote in denial. They are constantly checking, Googling, asking you questions, watching things and uh, recording their excitement level. That is not somebody who's in denial. That is somebody (laughs) looking at the problem and trying to find an answer. So that's, I feel like one of the obvious things that separates the person is somebody in denial, as you know, doesn't talk about the problem. So I think that could maybe an easy giveaway that someone who struggles with sexual orientation, OCD, is about. And 
that is that's also one of the misconceptions about sexual orientation OCD is that they're not homophobic or they're not they don't have phobia about the opposite orientation whether again they may be gay and they don't have any phobia about the heterosexual orientation their problem is that their mind won't settle on any answer their mind won't accept any answer is constantly making that vicious cycle so that's i think one give a like one misconception is that these people are not have phobia about opposite orientation it's about their own difficulty uh, figuring out Mm-hmm. And I, I love that you talked about how people are constantly kind of getting, gaining reassurance and checking to see if that's, that's kind of, uh, that's a struggle they have versus someone who's in denial. They're just like, they suppress it down. They don't think about it. So as you know, my, I'm not an OCD specialist, but I see some clients with OCD challenges because of my work with eating disorder clients. So that's a mm-hmm. common co-occurring challenge. And I, one of my clients, which I loved, I was treating for eating disorder. And then she identified, was identifying as same sex. And uh, like one of their struggle was what you just talked about with sexual orientation OCD. And for, for sessions after sessions, we were going over every single incident that she felt some mild attraction to the opposite sex. And kind of yes. checking and reassuring and processing. And I was like, so green in this. I was like, okay, yeah, let's talk about it and stuff. And then like, I don't know, three months later, like she was taught, we realized that it was part of her OCD. And yes. like, we, because we were looping back to the, like again, 10 years ago when she once felt a guy, uh, felt a guy was slightly attractive as you said, like our sexuality is fluid and, you know, anyone can find the opposite, like sort of same sex attractive. So that was interesting. Yes. And that's the thing I think also how OCD is different from different from our normal experiences. It's very normal for us to experiment. It's very normal for us to ask ourselves questions. You know, what do I like? Who do I like it with? What do I like to do? So again, it is not the process of questioning that is the red flag here, because I don't want anyone listening to this, having ever asked themselves a question, think that they have OCD. It's the idea that, first of all, we all have bizarre intrusive thoughts throughout the day. Mm -hmm. We all do, but someone with OCD takes them too seriously and holds on to them and attaches meanings to them. So again, when I work with somebody and they said, oh, you know, the other day I was wondering and I was having thoughts about my sexual orientation. I want to assess after having those thoughts, what was their anxiety level? Because again, the vicious cycle of OCD, they are going to feel very egotistonic that these thoughts don't align with their true inner desires and wishes. So most of these people that have sexual orientation OCD have already been in a relationship with their preferred orientation. So again, these thoughts feels very opposite of what I thought I like. It's opposite of what I've been doing, which is where, again, OCD gets them, quote unquote, is because it kind of makes them doubt and question themselves. Mm-hmm. And we already talked about some of the misconceptions that's connected with sexual orientation OCD. But tell us, like, is there any other common one that you've been experiencing working with your clients? Absolutely. I think one of them, like we talked earlier, is that people have a very unfortunately narrow opinion of what OCD is. Mm. You know, we think it's only hand washing. It's about fear of contamination. And so we don't think sexual orientation OCD was a thing, or at least for some people, they don't know that was a thing. So again, it's misconception that OCD is this one thing and sexual orientation OCD doesn't exist. 
-hmm. I think another misconception, especially for those people who suffer from it, is that everybody has sexual responses to their mm -hmm. same sex. Like everybody has same sex attraction. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean anything. Like we're not going to act on it. We just view somebody as sexually attractive, beautiful, hot. Mm -hmm. And so someone who suffers from OCD doesn't acknowledge that these, some of these sexual reactions are very normal. And like we talked already, they don't have a phobia. This doesn't mean that they have some repressed like discrimination. And I think one of the reasons I also like to talk to my clients about when they sexual orientation OCD is understanding their exposure to sexual information. Because if we've been in, if we've been taught something is a taboo and forbidden, and we have an interest of thought about it, we we get more anxious. Mm -hmm. Because, oh my God, it's a sin in my religion or in my culture, like you said, conservative backgrounds. Oh my God, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm a bad person for having this thought. So again, history of being taught certain things, being a taboo and forbidden also feeds into this misconception that I'm evil. I'm, you know, something is wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And I love that you brought up that anxiety because I find that sometimes people confuse anxiety and sexual arousal response. Can you tell us a little bit about that based on your experience? Yes. And that's a very difficult one because they are mistaken. Like there's a lot of situations that anxiety may look like excitement, right? Like we get that butterflies or that fight or flight response. You know, when we're nervous, our body may be ready to go. And that doesn't mean that we are interested. I think there's a misconception that it's, it's just mistaken a lot of times because of the similar physiological responses between anxiety and sexual arousal. So the person may think their anxiety is a sexual arousal. Therefore, it means I am really this orientation that I didn't accept of myself yet. So I think what I would ask, the, ask my clients to do is really trying to understand what is the thoughts before the anxiety? Mm -hmm. And there you can separate a genuine sexual arousal from genuine anxiety is the thoughts behind it. Love that. What a wonderful distinction. And I think going back to what you mentioned about the people who are struggling with sexual orientation, OCD, are not in denial. I have like several clients that I work with this issue. They told me, I just want to know. I don't care if I'm same sex, heterosexual, homosexual. I just need to have the right information. And that's uh, kind of also the challenge with OCD. I just need to know that obsession about kind of getting the answer. So I love that you highlighted that. And I think it's very important when people are struggling with any sort of OCD to go to a specialist because I think many people had like couple such classes, some, some cases in their training about working with OCD, but I feel it's not sufficient because it's an art and science to truly identify the obsessive thoughts. So tell us about the treatment. What do you do with clients who are struggling with this all kind of OCD? Yes. And to find somebody who specializes in OCD, I do want to share the website IOCDF, International OCD Foundation. On their website, there is a button that says like find therapist. And if you put your zip code in there, you have a list of therapists who have completed the training through IOCDF. So you can find the access there. And if you talk to a therapist on the phone for your phone consultation, I really, really want to encourage everyone to look for exposure and response prevention 
treatment. Mm -hmm. So make sure your therapist utilizes and applies ERP, which is the number one treatment for management of OCD. There's other complementary uh, treatments that you will incorporate like medication, mindfulness, some cognitive therapy to address some of the cognitive errors. But the number one thing will be ERP, which is again, exposure response prevention, which you expose yourself to your feared stimuli, whatever the thought or the trigger that makes you anxious. And then you want to avoid doing the compulsions and tolerate the anxiety. So for example, when you were just speaking of the denial, you do do ERP around being in denial. So for example, you would have the client or the person write a script that says, I'm, I'm in denial. Yep, I'm in denial. I'm in denial that I am so, like I'm straight. I'm in denial, like have them repeat and write down stories about their denial. So you do ERP around the idea of being in denial because that's what your OCD is telling you. Other exposure activities might be intentionally, you know, watching things that are with same-sex same sex attraction or opposite-sex attraction if you identify as homosexual, reading articles about, again, your worst-case scenario that reading articles about somebody coming out at the age of 70 and what it would be like if they only accepted it in, earlier in their life. I mean, you go towards your worst fears. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite tips I loved hearing about ERP is that, so, oh, one of the things I should say this first is that when you work with, uh, when you go to therapy, the number one thing you need to do is after making sure your therapist is uh, specialized in OCD and knows ERP is learning about why you're doing ERP. Mm -hmm. Because in this journey, it's going to be very difficult and it's going to be hard and you really need to have a good understanding of why you're doing it. So psychoeducation and understanding why you're doing it is such an important foundation. And a lot of times people have said that treatment was ineffective because they didn't get that piece. Mm -hmm. So once you understand why you're doing it, another way I love thinking of ERP is obviously doing this ERP exercises. You are creating a scenario that is very extreme, that is very extravagant. It is taking your fear and magnifying it because you want to stand tall against your OCD. Mm -hmm. And then the people say to me, well, that's not really going to happen in real life. You know, I'm not going to become straight or gay when I'm 70. Yes, but it will make it easier for you to tolerate your work meeting mm -hmm. when you laugh at a same-sex colleague's joke or your opposite-sex colleague's joke. So it really makes living every day easier when you go ahead and let your mind almost travel to the extremes. It makes normal life situations so much more tolerable. Mm -hmm. um, we think of it as like the mental gym you go to and you push these very heavy weights, mental fears, and you work through them and it makes kind of your everyday interactions easier. So I really like to use that as a motivation to why I'm going to ask people to sit with their worst fears every day. So that's the other thing you got to do ERP every day about 15 to 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I just want to say, cause we can talk hours about the way ERP can look cause there's so much variations. Mm -hmm. So you just want to create a hierarchy of things that uh, triggers you and then work gradually towards exposing yourself to those things. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you so much for that overview. And I love the example, specific example for sexual orientation, OCD exposures. And guys, if you guys are not a clinician, I, I love that Dr. Manisha shared with us the steps, but it's one of those things in order to set yourselves for success. Uh, it's important to work with a clinician like Dr. Manisha, someone who has done hundreds of hours on this, because the more effective that you're doing this hierarchy that you, you usually do with your therapist or like doing the exposure, the more results you get and the faster results you get. On that note, Dr. Manisha, I know you have tons of great content in your website and the YouTube. I recently shared the information with someone and they told me they loved your blog post. So do tell us if our clients want to get a hold of you, what would be some of the ways to get access to those resources. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your kind words about the blog. Yes. So I try to have a couple different ways people can connect with me. Uh, we live in the world of technology. So I have an Instagram account, Embracing You Therapy. And the website is the same, embracingyoutherapy.com. As you said, there's all sorts of blogs. I also have a lot of resources on my website, recommended books and other associations where people can connect with. And then there's also a YouTube channel I started uh, earlier, uh, like a few months ago, which is also Embracing New Therapy. Uh, that's the URL for YouTube as well. And there's videos on OCD I share there, on Instagram, different posts. So uh, I hope any of those resources will be helpful. Excellent. I personally follow her on Instagram and I think the content is just perfect. It's short enough that kind of like, you know, how I was sharing with your attention these days are yeah. short, but I think the information is gold. Oh, guys, I'll make sure that the information about the resources that Dr. Manisha mentioned are going to be in the show notes. Dr. Manisha, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and sharing your expertise with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure talking with you. Have a great day. I hope you found my conversation with Dr. Manisha helpful as far as giving you good information about what is the difference between someone who's exploring their sexual orientation, whether they are in the process of coming out or they notice they're, they're attracted to a different gender or if it's part of their OCD. Besides sexual orientation OCD, as we talked about it during episode, at times people struggle with the OCD, with the pure form of OCD that Dr. Manisha mentioned with hand washing, fear of germ, whether it's obsessions, only obsessional part of it, or it's obsessional and obsession and compulsion. And it's impacting their sex life uh, tremendously. A few months ago, I did this bonus episode, if you guys remember, on this topic. And I also wrote an article based on uh, my research in this area. And I published it on educational part of Pornhub website. I leave a link in the show note to that writing. So if you're curious to understand and learn more about it, that blog post can be a good start. Also, one of the things that I'm very interested is about how our mental health challenges is impacting our sexuality because the, everything is connected. If you have anxiety, it's impacting our sexual functioning. If you have bipolar disorder, it's impacting our sexual functioning. So if you are curious about a specific diagnosis and you want me to talk about that, I would be glad to explore it and give you education and information about the impact of the specific mental health diagnosis on 
one's sexual orientation. So feel free to send me an email at drmaali at sexologypodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.